Yep, I see recording on the screen. Do you see it? Yes, I do. Hey! All You're right. Champion recorders. Girl, I'll sit, I'll be on the road. I'll be back. I'm just reaching for a goal. So don't be upset when I'm not... Welcome to We Got Goals, a podcast by asweatlife.com on which we talk to high achievers about their goals. Today is a very special episode because Kristen Guile and I will be talking about the months we spent on The Daily Distance, a daily podcast on which Kristen talked to different tastemakers, high achievers, and just people with general know-how about how to take care of themselves during a global pandemic. Kristen, it is lovely to look at your face while we do this. You are looking at my face, Gina, and you are also looking at my dog's face because naturally, as soon as we hit the record button, she started barking and was like, wait, guys, I have things to say. I have goals that I want to talk to you about. So apologies if you guys hear a little bit of sniffing and like generalized whining in the background, but this is what happens when you work at home for months on end. It sure is. Maverick is actually, my my dog is next to me as well. And he started stirring the second I did the intro um, because that's just how things work. Um, But Kristen, I am so eager to talk to you about The Daily Distance. People loved this new bite-sized iteration of the podcast. I want to hear how it go. What did you love about it? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Like when The Daily Distance started, I didn't really workshop it or like ask you for permission (laughs) or do much of anything besides like group text our coworker text and be like, Hey guys, I think I'm going to start doing a daily podcast. That cool. Awesome. Let me learn how to do garage band real quick. Um, so it started off very humbly. Um, but my, my thinking when coming up with the daily distance was that everything felt super overwhelming, uh, especially at the start of March when the podcast debuted and not to say things don't feel overwhelming now still, but um, in the beginning, everyone was really struggling with trying to find a way with trying to figure out what should I be doing while I'm at home? What is even reasonable for me to attempt? Like what, what is going on and how can I make myself feel the best that I can in this really crazy environment? So my thinking was that I wanted to make something that felt actionable and achievable and like a small win. Like even if you didn't write King Lear during quarantine or anything else. Like at least you did this small thing for yourself. And that's kind of how the daily distance came about. I wanted people to recommend either something that made them happy, something that brought them joy or like a little health and wellness tip that they thought was really achievable. Even if you're not a total fitness pro or a meditation expert or anything like that, I wanted this to feel helpful for the average human, because we could all use those small wins right now more than ever. Yeah. And you you talk to a lot of really smart people. Um, You want to give an overview of who you talked to and how many episodes we had? Over the course of the Daily Distance, we did 61 episodes. uh, So two full months of daily podcast episodes. And uh, not to brag, but to brag a little bit, this was all me. I did all of the editing, uh, finding all of the guests and all the interviews, uh, uploading all of it to Blueberry and the podcast channels. So uh, that was an exciting project for me personally and professionally. 
Uh, and then over those 61 episodes, we got over 13,000 downloads, which is a huge number and really exciting. And we started off by talking to our ambassadors, so the community that we know the best and who understands us and, you know, our voice and our uh, goal-oriented mindset. And then we moved on into uh, more maybe well-known outside of the A Sweat Life community guests. We talked to uh, Don Jackson Blattner, who is one of our favorite uh, RDNs and experts on all things uh, nutrition. And Gina has been talking to her her a lot lately, incidentally. Uh, and we also talked to fitness experts like Gideon Akande and Kate Lemire of Barry's Bootcamp. We talked to Natalie Holloway of Bala, uh, who came up with Bala Bangles and was on Shark Tank. Uh, we talked to Sadie Kurzban of 305 Fitness. We talked to Tiffany Louise, who is a clinical a social worker and expert in relationships and mental and emotional health and a lot more. I'm probably forgetting several of the other uh, 61 people that we talked to, but that is a start. So uh, a lot kind of happened over this time. The world changed and shifted. Kristen, did you feel like you got something out of doing these episodes, and do you feel like the guests did too? Yeah, and I don't think this answer is going to be what you would expect necessarily. It would be really neat and easy of me to say like, yes, I learned all of these awesome tips that I incorporated into my daily lifestyle. And some of them I did dabble with, but I think for me, the most important part of doing this series was just making personal connections with people as I interviewed them. Um, I am typically pretty introverted and don't mind not talking to human beings. So I thought the quarantine would be totally fine. But I found myself feeling really isolated, um, especially as it was still winter and pretty dreary throughout March and April. So I found that even when I was in a bad mood going into an interview, I would leave that 15 minute interview feeling much happier and just much like bouncier. Um, so I think the human connection aspect of the podcast was actually what was most beneficial for me. But what about you? I know you uh, were a, de a dedicated listener. So what, what did you get out of listening to those short little episodes? I mean, longtime listener, first time caller. Um, but I, I just really enjoyed, I actually really enjoyed the same thing you did that rap report. Like what, what you got to do every single day was just ask someone a very simple question. Like what, what is a tip you would give? Um, and I think that that allowed listeners like me <laughs> to just sort of boil down high achievers into real people too. And remember that we're, we were all kind of going through the same thing. Yeah. I think that one thing I noticed too, was that people were not afraid to be vulnerable. Uh, I remember in Kate Lemire's episode specifically, she was talking about how her idea of goal setting and what was achievable had changed. You know, she uh, has a two-year-old kid who is full of energy and she's in corporate offices at Barry's boot camp and she has a lot going on and she's used to being, I would say, a super type A uh, overachiever, not unlike maybe you or I, but um, she was having to adjust her expectations. And even just the fact that she admitted to that on such a public platform I thought was really impressive. And that turned out to be a trend in most of my interviews is that people were really comfortable saying like, no, everything is not all right right now. But like, here's the one thing that I am doing to take care of myself. Speaking of that, I think that's 
An excellent segue. Um, talk to me about the themes you noticed over this time. Yeah. So over 61 episodes, uh, a few things came up over and over again to the point where I would, towards the end, I was emailing our guests and being like, come prepared with one tip. Try to avoid these because we've talked about them a lot. <laughs> um, and I would say meditation was one that uh, lots of people recommended, even in a shorter time span, you know, five minutes a day one minute a day, just taking a few mindful breaths. That was something that people came back to over and over again. Mm -hmm. uh, I also had a lot of people talking to me about their morning routines and that looked different based on uh, whether they had kids or not, where in the country they lived, what their job requirements were, whether they had pets or dogs or partners who needed caretaking. Um, but having a set morning routine of like, these are the three things I always do. This is where I always drink my coffee. I always write in my journal at this spot in my desk. Those seem to be keeping people really grounded, um, which I think was super important during this time because so much could go off the wall during our days in quarantine that like, if you don't take a few minutes in the morning to do something that centers you, then I think you can feel really unsettled for the rest of the day. Um, so meditation and morning routines, I think are my two big answers for this. What about you? Well, I could talk about those things for literally ever. Um, and I, I totally agree with your takeaways. The, the centering activity has been just so valuable to a lot of people we talk about um, or talk to. Um, and kind of to go on the flip side of that, um, is being easy on yourself was one, one thing I pulled out of a lot of interviews, maybe because it resonated so much with me. Um, I think I, like a lot of people, um, at the beginning of this, uh, signed up for a class and I was like, I'm going to change our, our business model during this time. And I will single-handedly <laughs> save the fitness industry. Um, you know, like there, there were a lot of moments of like, I'll save you. And, and I had to dial it back because I was killing myself. Like I was working so much instead of embracing this as a moment of E it's not easy or a, a time of ease, but, but taking the relaxed, slowed down lifestyle as a cue, um, to slow down. So a couple of folks who talked about being easy on yourself from different perspectives, um, were Leslie Axfay, who is the co-founder and co-CEO of Active Lifestyle, a clothing brand. Um, she talked about taking walks as, as sort of a, a form of exercise. And that to me has never been more relevant. Um, that's my only form of exercise right now, which we can talk about later in this podcast. But I know a lot of people, according to our own survey data, have been viewing walks for the first time ever as exercise. Um, and that, and that's something we wouldn't have seen pop a year ago, um, uh, because right. it was like high intensity or nothing. Um, right. If you're not sweating, you're not working out. Right. If it's not an hour, it's nothing. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so I'm, I'm loving that kind of trend. And then also we heard from a board certified health coach, a certified eating psychologist, um, Karen Malkin, that she was sort of recommending kindness to yourself when it comes to eating. Um, which we know that it's, it's very easy to start thinking of all of the things you can limit because you're cooking your own meals or all of the ways you can change your diet because you're cooking your own meals. Um, when sometimes you really just need 
a potato or a donut, like eat it. Or an Oreo. Oh my gosh. Or like sugary cereal. That was a go-to in our household for, for a while. Just like childhood cereal that you would eat um, with a spoon that changes colors when the milk gets cold. Oh my gosh. And and like we were having ice cream for a period of time, um, like every night. And it was sort of like, no, this, we need this. (laughs) Like we need this right now. Um, and just being easy on yourself when you actually just need to lean into the comfort foods. Um, and then sort of jumping off of that, uh, what I love was how different all of these interviews were, which I think points to a trend that a lot of us now are starting to embrace is that there's no perfect path. Um, there, you might be a person who used this time to boost your productivity and that's not right or wrong. You might be a person who read a lot of books and that's not right or wrong. You may be a person who's, who's pulled back on work and you're working maybe six hours a day and still getting your, your stuff done and that's not right or wrong. Um, so what I loved about that was just how, how varied all of this was. Like Natalie Holloway, who we talked about, she recommended a lot of productivity things like picking up a hobby, starting a side hustle, uh, or learning a new language. Um, some of us might be laughing at that at this point, but some of us might also be spending a lot of time on um, language apps. And then we've got John Redman of Better Blends, who simply recommended drinking two cups of hot water in the morning. Like That's the simplest tip. I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, I I definitely agree. Like everyone's quarantine looks super different. And this is something we've covered pretty thoroughly at a sweatlife.com. Specifically, I'm remembering a piece called giving yourself grace. uh, And then another one about like grieving the loss of normalcy during COVID-19 and how it's okay for your path to look like whatever your path is. Comparing yourself to other people is not going to get you any further. and kind of trying to flip that mindset to view this time as an opportunity to either slow down or to take more time on certain things, to give more attention to different projects that maybe you've always wanted to have time for and trying to flip that viewpoint and really focusing on individual needs instead of outer expectations right now. I love that. I know I've been practicing the phrase good, good for them. (laughs) Um, When I see something that maybe is not like my style. Yep. Um, good for them. <laughs> Not for me. Not for me. Gina, as a listener, were there any tips or any episodes that you remember standing out and being like, whoa, I did not think that anyone would recommend that. Yeah. Well, one, one episode that I have found myself quoting almost daily, um, is the episode you recorded with Dr. Melinda ring from the Osher center for integrative medicine at Northwestern. She talked about, um, how there's this sort of caution fatigue. Um, and, uh, I, I found the tip so interesting, um, as she talked about how caution fatigue may, may be sort of, um, an irrational way of not following the same medical advice over time because you're just so tired of it. Um, and when, anyone sort of talks about how like, I don't understand why people aren't following the rules anymore. Like it's simple. (laughs) They're, they are literally just tired of it. Their brain can take no more. And it's, it's just really interesting when you think of it that way, it gives you more empathy, um, for people on their, on their specific COVID journeys. Uh, and then also Caitlin Smith, who is the founder and CEO of Simple Mills. We love Caitlin around here. We love Caitlin. (laughs) Love her. Uh, and love Simple Mills. 
Um, and I don't know why it was so surprising to me. I thought that her tip would be very like baking related or like pancake breakfast related, but she talked Where's about- that sourdough recipe, Caitlin? We need it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I don't know why I put her in that box, probably because they have those baked goods, but she recommended getting a CSA, um, or, or a farm share. And I, um, was delighted by that. Caitlin framed it as a way of sparking creativity in the kitchen, which uh, as I experienced this week, if you are unfortunate enough to get beets in your CSA box, you've got to figure out something to do with them. And I love that aspect of it, the getting creative part. But also, I thought that was kind of nice uh, subscribing to a CSA box because I think a lot of us are experiencing decision fatigue right now. We're like, the last thing I want to think about is what I'm going to eat for lunch or dinner these days. Like it was really fun in March to make these meals, but now I'm just like, I don't know. Should I just like make a Soylent smoothie? Like I'm to that stage where it is not exciting to eat anymore. And I never thought I would say that, but having a CSA box kind of has that uh, double-sided benefit of someone chooses what you're going to get. And then you kind of get to get a little bit creative without, you know, having to start from scratch. Oh yeah. Um, I really want to try, I mean, tangent with me, if you will. Um, I really want to try Stephanie Izard's goat trees. Um, what is that? Oh my I love Stephanie Izard so much. I, know. I if, she, if she would allow me to be her best friend, um, I, I would do whatever it took. Um, but she has, she does these sort of meal kits, um, and they're all very fresh and now they, um, are delivering them nationwide. So you can just Google goat shrees, um, and you can find the boxes, but they, she'll demo them on her Instagram live, which delightful. It's basically top chef in your Instagram feed. Um, I'm sold. I know. Stop tangent. (laughs) Well, I'll go on my tangent uh, with something that surprised me was when I talked to Sadie Kurzban, who is the founder of 305 Fitness and another repeat guest on the podcast. And her recommendation, and she said it so bluntly, it just caught me off guard. She said, I want to recommend sleeping. I was like, (laughs) great. Yeah, I'm in. Um, Because again, like at the beginning of quarantine, I think a lot of people had the idea that, well, I'm still going to wake up at 6 a.m. I'm still going to do my at-home workout during that time. And then I'll have a jump start on the day. I'll be super productive. I'll have the morning to spend 45 minutes on my Duolingo app, whatever. And that just did not happen <laughs> for a lot of people, I think. We, I've seen a lot of people saying now they're rolling out of bed five minutes before their first scheduled Zoom call of the day or right when their dog has to go out. Um, and I just think there's something so delightful about being, about acknowledging that, yeah, we all need a lot of sleep right now. And like living during a global pandemic is exhausting and it's totally fine if you forget what it feels like to set an alarm for months on end, because guess what? The alarm will still be there on the other end of all of this. Um, so I thought that was really nice. And, you know, I, we talked about this during Sweatworking Week, Gina, how this was the first time any of us had really set alarms since March or April, um, I didn't miss it. (laughs) I'm totally, I've realized that it's totally fine with the way things are right now. If I wake up still pretty early because I've got this, this doggo to thank for that, but like my workouts don't suffer if I do them, you know, at eight o'clock instead of at 6am, like I am fine. So 
I don't know. And I know you've been thinking about sleeping a lot too. You wrote a couple of pieces for a sweat life on it. You wrote a brave Sunday about sleeping well. So I bet that one resonated with you too. Oh yeah. I I've been sleeping so much more in this time. And I, I too have not been setting alarm alarms. Um, and we as a team like, aren't starting as early in our day. And guess what? Everything's getting done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I think it's also, it's also a tip that kind of ladders up to like being easy on yourself. You don't need to, um, have that I'll sleep when I die mentality. Um, in fact, like strike it from your life. <laughs> yeah. Never going back to that again. I'm sure someday I will go back to setting an alarm and like, I do kind of miss the feeling of getting your workout done early in the morning and like walking home with that sense of accomplishment. I miss that, but I think I'm accepting of the fact that like, you know what, that's a later thing that's going to yeah. happen. It's just a, a not right now thing. Right. Um, okay. Well, tell me, I, I'm curious to know, uh, make me feel good. Tell me the podcast made a difference in your life. Has, has there been anything that you've actually incorporated from the daily distance? Absolutely. Well, I think every day when I listen to it, I have like a ha moment. Um, and I brought gratitude back or daily expressions of gratitude. Um, after listening to the episode you recorded with scout, um, from the okay sis podcast, uh, it's part mm -hmm. of her sort of mental health toolkit. Um, and it's always been a part of mine. Um, but because I'm around fewer people every, or was around fewer people every single day, <clears throat> I had fewer people to sort of ask the question, like, what's your pit? What's your peak? And then in turn, like express mine. Um, so we do as a team, um, one good thing every day. Um, and I'm, I'm sort of gratitude journaling right now too, just writing down three, three things I'm grateful for. Um, and, and I do feel better. I feel more grateful every single day. Uh, what about you, Kristen? Um, well, I just, I remembering through that interview with Scout and I asked her how she came up with different ideas for what to be grateful for when we're doing the same thing every day. Cause in my head I was like, I'm out of stimulus. Like I need something different to happen to remind me like, okay, to be thankful for this novelty. And she's like, oh, you want to know what you should be grateful for? How about that throw pillow over there that looks so cute? How about the fact that your dad texted you this morning? How about the fact that you have a carpet and not hardwood floors? Or like just something like that. Like she listed off like the most absurd, tiny list of gratitudes. And I was like, okay, yeah, you're right. There's a lot more around me than like I'm giving credit to my environment. And I just need to look at it with like fresh eyes. Um, so I just wanted to touch back on that because that was such a funny, I giggled during that part of the podcast. Yeah. Um, tips that I have actually incorporated into my life, uh, blocking off time on my calendar, Melissa Chordock of AKT, which is a dance fitness workout. Uh, that's super fun. She said that she was really transparent about blocking off time on her calendar to get in her workout. And like her team knew when they saw that on her calendar, like, okay, that's when Melissa's working out, but she'll be available before she'll be available after. Um, and I think that's a really important precedent to set, especially for her, because she's the president of that company. So from there, it kind of trickles down into being acceptable for all of her employees. But uh, as my, my coworker, you will know that I have every morning from 8 to 10 a.m. blocked off to walk the dog and to work out. And, you know, sometimes it takes shorter, sometimes it takes a little bit longer. But just having that hold on my calendar, like 
has really helped me mentally because I'm in the mindset of like, all right, this is happening now. And it's not a surprise to anybody else. Like it's just accepted once it's on the calendar in black and white or whatever your Google calendar color is like it's law. So, um, that has helped me a bunch. Yeah. I love, I love time blocking too. I use that for, for projects mostly because otherwise it's really easy to just schedule a day of calls or to sort of lose track of your list of most important tasks, which we've also heard some guests talk about just prioritizing and giving yourself that list. Um, so if I put the list of important tasks in my calendar as almost like blocks of time, this is when I work on this and this is when I do this, um, they're much more likely to get done because it's, it's giving me that kind of hard and fast deadline. I love that. Yeah. too. Yeah. Well, so it's been since March that the podcast started. And I think we did the last episode around Memorial Day, I want to say. So a lot has happened uh, since then. A sweat life has been slowly returning to the new normal of a daily business operations. We hosted a super successful sweat working week where we did in real life outdoor socially distanced workouts twice a day for a full week at Maggie Daly Park in Chicago. So time has passed and we wouldn't be us if we didn't talk about our goals. So how have your goals changed since quarantine started, Gina? Big question. Um, we'll, we'll put it in two phases, um, I guess. Phase one um, was, was just sort of understanding that, um, that the, the boundaries of my home were the boundaries of my world. Um, so putting, putting workouts in place for myself here um, and making walking my dog a delightful part of my routine to get me out of the house. Um, that was just a, a kind of a stretch because I was used to meeting people in person. And then surprisingly out of nowhere, um, about five weeks ago, I had a, a set of emergency operations. Um, one was an appendectomy and then four days later I had part of my small and large intestine removed, um, which I wouldn't recommend. Um, but especially but, not during a pandemic. Yeah, it's different. <laughs> um, but it, the surgery saved my life. Um, so obviously we want to have that. <laughs> um, but it, it really shifted my outlook and my goals. Like I have so much gratitude just to be alive, um, which I could cry just saying that sentence. So I'm working really hard not to. So I'll, And I'll without even, a stoma bag. I feel like that's really important. <laughs> really important, yeah. So there was a, a possibility um, that I, when I went into surgery, we had no idea what exactly was wrong. So there was a possibility that I would wake up with a stoma bag, depending on whether or not my colon was bleeding internally. And it wasn't, so I got lucky. Lots of people have stoma bags and lots of people live with them and have adjusted to them. I just didn't have any time to prepare or, or pl plan like most people do. It's usually a planned surgery. Um, so that would have been a big adjustment. So now that I, I'm sort of knocked back to, to really baseline gratitude for life, <laughs> Um, and for healing, because the body is a miracle and can heal itself, um, I, I find myself just happy um, that I 
just all the time. Um, and so I'm, I'm taking walks with other humans three times a day masked up um, because I need help walking the doggy. Um, and, and that like, that's it. That's the end of it. I want a sweat life to grow and thrive. And I, my daily activity is walking. Um, so that's not what I expected, um, the goals to be, but it also put a new emphasis on a future goal. Um, because when I woke up from surgery, just moving and getting out of bed was impossible. Um, so the first few days were really, really hard. Um, and my first like lap I took around the hospital, like I was out of breath, um, when I got back to my bed. So I knew like, it would be really important for me to know I had a long-term vision and goal. So, um, like a true maniac <laughs> from our favorite from my, maniac <laughs> from my bed, I, I was like, you know what, like I can only walk today, but in 2021, I'm going to run a marathon. Um, so that's my next big goal, um, to hold myself to, but it, I I'm taking it one day at a time. Um, true so Gina back. fashion <laughs> when, when you first mentioned that or when I first heard wind of you setting a goal to run a marathon next year I was like of course there's, there's nothing else I would expect from Gina and I mean that in the highest form of compliment ever because uh -huh. um, we know how strong you are physically mentally and emotionally so uh, you are going to make it happen and we're so excited um, for that to come forth in 2021 Man, me too. And I, I, I'm looking forward to hopefully a full field of marathon runners and uh, a healthy and happy world. If not, I'll just do it. I'll just do it virtually. We've uh, got a lot of lakefront that we can work with here in yeah. Chicago. So we can Kristen, happen. Kristen, what, what has shifted in your goals? So I think when all of this gestures, hands dramatically around head started, I was pretty depressed. You know, I was like very having a, a hard time doing much beyond what was necessary. Right. Like I could get up and walk my dog and like go through the motions of working out. I could do the daily administrative tasks that I had to do for work, but I was not feeling creative or um, especially engaged even with like a lot of my friends and social relationships. Um, so I was not setting goals, which sounds really strange because the daily distance was definitely a big project, but like, I couldn't see it as that at the time in my head, it was just like something that I needed to do. Um, all of that is to say that I would say at the start of quarantine, if you had asked me this, I would have said, I don't have any goals right now. I'm not doing goals there. There's nothing going on in my brain beyond like get from point A to point B, go to bed, wake up, do it again. But looking back now, I would say that the goal was happiness, right? Like that, that was what the goal was. The, the goal wasn't to like check these milestones off a list or like fill this box or, you know, write this book or start a meditation practice. The goal was just to like end each day feeling good. Um, and that is something that I think hopefully a lot of people can identify with and has come out of this quarantine is maybe a silver lining is just people focusing on making happiness, both the journey and the end result instead of, 
focusing on like, okay, if I do this thing, then I'll be happy. Or if I achieve this goal, then I'll be happy. Um, so I would say my, my views about goals have definitely changed insofar as they're maybe not as high achiever oriented there or like not at least in the stereotypical way. It's more like happiness is enough and that's more than enough to aim for as a goal. As cheesy as that sounds. Oh, that's not cheesy. That's perfect. I love we're the cheesy. Idea. Yeah, we're cheesy. I love the idea of, of happiness as a process goal too. Like, yeah. Uh, instead of a, an end zone. Is that a good sports reference? Yes. Yes. That was good sports. You definitely watched the last dance. I did. <laughs> uh, I could talk to you about the daily. Well, I do get to talk to you all day, which I'm fortunate to do. Um, but I could talk about this all day. Uh, is there anything else that our listeners should know about your time doing the daily distance or our return to We Got Goals um, that we didn't talk about yet? Yeah. So I think we can preview that We Got Goals will be coming back in its weekly one interview in depth format. And we're excited to kind of revamp that process and to talk to some, uh, I feel so weird saying high achievers now after I went on that big spiel about high achieving not being the point. But we are going to talk to people who have done really cool things and focusing on exciting stories of people who maybe haven't had the opportunity to tell their stories before or have had success in arenas where maybe they were not expected to succeed. So uh, we will be coming back. We are excited to return to your AirPods on a regular basis and stay tuned for more. I love it. So go take a walk and catch up on the daily distance and get ready for We Got Goals to come back. Thank you, Kristen. Thanks, Gina. I'll talk to you on the internet. Cool, I'm eating a meatball.